pretty weird. Yeah, I usually uh, I usually put it up like uh, when I get past like Sam's Club. Mm-hmm. Even though I should probably leave it out a little longer, but you. Gracious, it's it's just good old fashioned home 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 for fun. In, in, By the in way, the if it ever if it ever cracks off while we're podcasting, whatever happens, you must release that podcast. Oh, of course. That audio must be released and not just to the police. <laughs> it'll be it'll be a new it'll be assault part two. It'll be it'll be assault. No, actually, an assault. Yeah. <laughs> There's the title. Assault two, the actual assault this time. Assault two, the actual assault this time. No, no, really, the actual assault this time. Guys, we're not joking. This actually happened. Oh, this this is actually not a happened. Oh me, yeah. and that's all in the title, so <laughs> that's the whole title. Yes. Oh, oh goodness. Good times, good times. Oh, hopefully, my, hopefully my luck will hold for the next five minutes until I get home. So. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Well, welcome everyone welcome. to the AFA Pod, the A Foreign Affair Podcast, episode 492. I am Edward Green, joined as always for now by my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw. Uh, we are going to be uh, discussing the latest in uh, English football. Of course, we have the Premier League uh, with their midweek matches because, God forbid, mm-hmm. we have any time off. Uh, of course, the FA Cup fourth round took place this past weekend, so we'll get recap of, of that. Um this all of course pales in comparison to the news and notes section this week this is like the, the because the, the actual the actual title of this week's podcast is episode 492 the worst one yeah the worst one oh, there, oh, there <laughs> oh not no. from our effort but from the content <laughs> there you go yeah no we've had much worse than that um oh yeah, so yeah. We'll uh we'll do that. We'll of course pimp the athletic, hit the watch for, and call it a pod. Um, well, Wes, let let's start then with happier things, shall we? Um, let's start uh with the Premier League for this midweek. Uh, we should note that with us recording this, of course, on Wednesday, uh, February, uh, sorry, uh, January thirty first. Uh, this round of matches has not yet concluded. That will conclude on Thursday uh, with West Ham Bournemouth as well as Wolves and United. Um, but we do have is we have eight other matches that did take place over the last two days. Uh, those results are uh, Forrest was able to pull one back against Arsenal in late, late, late time, but it wasn't enough as Arsenal wins 2-1 through second half goals from Jesus and Saka. Uh, they were able to keep it up after dominating most of the match, finally finding their breakthrough after the hour mark. Um, Fulham and Everton drew nil-nil. Trust us, it happened. Uh, Luton, biggest winners of the week, I think, maybe. 4-0 over Brighton. A uh, big win for them. Actually sees them, for now, jump out of the relegation zone. Adebayo with the hat trick in this one within the hour as uh, Brighton's season is taking a bit of a downward turn as we'll hit the table later. But big, big, big win for Luton. Uh, also big win for Crystal Palace. Uh, Ibrichi Easy's a 30 minute brace was enough to get uh crystal palace on level terms with sheffield united 
and then Olisi's goal in the 67th minute. All three goals for Palace, by the way. Crackers. Crackers, all of them in this match. 3-2 um, was the result for Crystal Palace. A very important win for Roy Hodgson's side as they uh, they push a little bit of distance between them and the creeping relegation zone. Uh, Aston Villa falls, I believe I heard, for the first time at home in a year. Uh, this yeah. one to Newcastle United. 3-1 is the final score. Fabian Schar with a brace in this one. And a Moreno own goal capped things off in the 52nd minute. Um, Aston Villa struggling a little bit. We'll see if they pick it back up with a uh, European competition coming here in just a few weeks' time. Uh, but Newcastle, an important win for them to try and stay for one of those European spots. Uh, Man City took care of business. 3-1 versus Burnley. Doc Hill's 93rd minute goal. The only goal in the match for Burnley coming late on. Alvarez with a 22-minute brace and Rodri adding a goal just after the halftime restart. Um, so normally I like to go through these pretty fast. Uh, before I get to this next match, I did want to mention a story that I read about today. Um, apparently, this uh, there was like this 16-year-old kid in Australia who I guess like does this whole pranking thing. I'm using massive air quotes around the word pranks. Um, so apparently this kid uh, was standing on a bridge and dumped a giant gallon of milk on a boat that was going underneath him. It was like a passenger tour boat sort of thing. Uh, and all the people on the boat caught it and showed and reported it off. And uh, yeah, and this kid like posted it to TikTok because he's an idiot. Uh, like, ha, look at my prank. And the people on the boat like found him <laughs> and reported him to his school and to the police. And now he's going to be potentially get kicked out of his private school. And this kid has the gall to go onto TikTok and be like, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me. I'm a minor. Oh, no. How could this happen? No, you shouldn't have reported me. Oh. And everybody just laying into this kid for being a fucking moron was amazing. So why did I tell this story? Um, at Tottenham Hotspur well, Stadium. Real quick, real quick, yeah. before you get to your final of that story, uh, as a non-sworn police officer, yeah. um, just so that kid knows, that is assault. Yeah, yeah, that is considered assault. So, fuck him and his stupid pranking. Now, to the Hotspur yeah. Stadium. Yet to be named. Well, yes. Hey, let's keep it that way. Three, two winners over Brentford. So why did I tell that story? Uh, well, Neil Maupay started the scoring for Brentford in the 15th minute uh, and decided to have a little fun and uh, do James Madison's <laughs> throwing dart celebration um, to like play play to the home crowd, uh, who, of course, did not appreciate that. Uh, and then so that was the uh, the fucking around portion of the story. Uh, and then when Destiny Udogi and Brennan Johnson scored within a minute of each other after the halftime restart, uh, and Brennan Johnson proceeded to do the the dart tossing right in their face, and then Richarlison scoring seven minutes later to make it 3-1, and also doing the dart tossing, may, the, may turn Neil Maupay into the finding out category. He oh. is now the kid who's getting thrown out. So remember, for I believe like, the third or fourth time this year, if you try to do something to a Spurs player, if you try to make fun of them, uh, there was a guy for uh, someone, I think it was Callum Wilson, uh, who made fun of Richarlison on like his podcast. And when... Uh, Easy McCart to do, by the way. 
Oh, of course. And when Vicario like <laughs> saved one of Callum Wilson's shots, he like earlier in the season, he like stuck his tongue out at him. And like, it's just like, <laughs> if, if you fuck around with this Spurs team, everyone has their back. It's so great to see. Uh, Yvonne Tone, uh, fresh off his gambling band, uh, did score uh, to make it 3-2. And as yeah. everybody uh, said, though, at halftime or at full time as Tottenham won, uh, Tony should probably have cashed out already. Um, stay, <laughs> stay classy, people. So, uh, yeah. uh, apparently, apparently he tried to cash out of uh, Brentford, but yeah. no one came for him. So Oof. he tried. Um, so, uh, man of the match, though, Timo Werner, even though he did not score, had an assist, had many good runs, and was able to open up the scoring. Uh, speaking of a player, as we round things out, who was great for their team, opened up alleys, but couldn't score. Liverpool 4, Chelsea 1. Darwin Nunez, man of the and match. It was, and it was only 4. <laughs> Yeah, um, over Chelsea in a in a replay of the first match of the season between these two teams. That was a one one draw. This one ends four one for Liverpool. Uh, and of course, these two teams will be meeting in about a month's time in the League Cup <laughs> final. Was this a the big one? We'll see. <laughs> it's the big one. Uh, oh, yeah, Jonah sure. Bradley. <laughs> Sauce Diaz, I'll get on the score sheet for Liverpool. Uh, and I, I think Ian Dark actually may have said it best uh, when he was like, yeah, Chelsea deserved a couple penalties probably in this match, but they also kind of played like shit. So the right yeah. team still won, even with the few missed calls. So, so that kind of tells you the story of how bad Chelsea was in this match when they may have deserved a penalty or two. And it's like, nah, it, it wouldn't have mattered. It, it, it wouldn't have mattered. So that is the week that was in the Prem, Wes, again, with the two other matches we won't be able to cover until next week. Uh, what oh. caught your eye in this midweek fixture set? So Darwin Nunez with his Sterling display today, which, which, by the way, let me preface this because I watched this entire match today. Darwin Nunez looked like freaking everybody thinks Killian Mbappe is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. That was basically Darwin Nunez today. Uh, uh, I heard on Espen FC that he set the Premier League record today for the most times hitting the post in a single game. Holy God. He hit the post four times today. And it wasn't like he was shanking balls. Every one of those shots was like a freaking like massive bomb that would have been like all over highlight reels if they'd gone in. I mean, he was crushing balls. He was hitting everything beautiful and sweet. He just kept hitting the post. It's like, it's like, you know, apparently like the soccer players, the, excuse me, the footballers, uh, when they're in training, they'll play the, uh, they'll play the game where like, how far can you get and hit the post and hit the crossbar and shit like that. And, and apparently Darwin is just, he might be like the all-time world champion of that. Um, but yeah, just absolutely crazy today. He had, he was all over the place. He was kept in chaos. Just couldn't get to go in. Luckily for Liverpool, they scored four other goals today. Diogo Jota is starting the scoring off with a fantastic goal, assisted by the 19-year-old Northern Irishman, Connor Radley, who, for the second goal of the day, Connor got his first for Liverpool. Um, 
later he assisted on a goal for Liverpool. And then later on, uh, the red uh, was for um, Lucha in his goal. Best day performance today for the Reds. Um, Reese James, who uh, Reese James, in all fairness to him, has been injured most of the season. Um, he had made a comment after the opening fixture of the year, the nil nil, or, or I'm sorry, I think it was one one two two. Yeah, I can't remember what the opening fixture. Was. Um, and he said, you know, hey, the league better get rid. Is the new Chelsea, and this what this is. Be like this year, yeah. Since then, Liverpool now four one better than Chelsea, and once again, I, I I don't know what the XG was today. Um, I mean, <laughs> you see. might be able to find that. I have no idea. Um, but once again, Darwin Nunez was basically sitting on a hat trick of hitting the damn post today. Let's see. Uh, XG. So according to Fat Mom, uh, uh-huh. XG was two point nine for Liverpool. Point five uh-huh. eight for Chelsea. Sounds about right. I can't really figure out XG as compared to goals that actually go in, but you know, whatever it takes. Um, Liverpool were absolutely stunning on the day. Um, looked to the plug, just fantastic. And I mean, obviously, the story we're going to talk about a little later. I don't I don't really think you know people are like, oh, that's gonna give them a boost going forward. Oh, they're gonna play. No, this is a team that just plays hard anyway. There's mm. nothing unusual about this. And today they played hard and they just the the skill was on display. Everything was going straight. Um <laughs> a legitimate thing said late on in the match by the commentary was who would have thought that we'd be saying uh, Wes, did I lose you for a second? He's only Trent Alexander. Uh, I got I hear you now. You got me now. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, there could possibly be a select dilemma for Jurgen Klopp. But boy, this Connor Bradley. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. A, he gives you a lot going forward. And B, now here's a kicker. Here's a kicker for Liverpool right backs. He's a really good defender. <laughs> He's a really good defender. Um, whatever ends up happening, obviously, folks, don't don't take it too literally. You're gonna see a lot of Trent Alexander Arnold going forward. But one thing Jurgen Klopp loves is positional flexibility. Um, there has been that whole movement of Trent into the midfield some this season. Um, with the emergence potentially of Connor Bradley, that gives Jurgen Klopp even more options of what he can do, how he can deploy Trent Alexander-Arnold. And you know what? Having good players can only help your team. Mm-hmm. So um, just, a, just a dominant day. Uh, if you didn't know... If you just went by the names on the front of the jerseys 
And you didn't really keep up with the season. Oh, man. Wow. Chelsea, Chelsea. Yeah. Come on, folks. Chelsea sucks. We know that Chelsea sucks. Um, so take it for what it's worth. But, I mean, that's basically – if you're Liverpool Football Club, that's what you're supposed to do to a – that's what you're supposed to do to a middle of the pack team. Mm-hmm. You go out. You be ruthless. You take care of business. You get the job done with not a lot of fuss. It's just yeah. like, oh, it's just another one, you know. Uh, and luckily for Liverpool, didn't get caught looking forward to the weekend where they have a monster game this weekend. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, good win. Good win for the Reds. Um, Tottenham maybe throwing down their credentials onto the table for being a top four team. Uh, Villa with the stumble and also Villa recently. I don't know if Villa maybe a run out of gas a little bit. It might be, it might be starting to, yeah. Um, you know, not that, not that they're done by any means, but Villa haven't quite been their effervescent selves lately. And Tottenham, I still think Tottenham have a higher ceiling than Villa. And they're getting dudes back. Exactly. Not only are they going to get, you know, the guys back from um, from the, the tournaments, including, you know, Hun Son, uh, they've got guys coming back from injury that are going to help. Um, Ryan Madison is back. Mm-hmm. And he's working his way in. Damn, Timo Werner had that beautiful assist today. Oh, yeah. And, you know, for Werner... Timo Werner's always going to catch shit because it seems like he doesn't score a lot. Mm-hmm. But you're not asking Timo Werner to carry the load scoring. Just, hey, chip in every now and then, but do other Timo Werner shit. Mm-hmm. Run, uh, good passes, being industrious, doing things down that right side. Man, Timo Werner's, he's a talented player. I just He's just not the scorer, I think, everybody thought he was going to be yeah he's not he he's not the number nine that germany thought they were getting Mm -hmm. and that chelsea thought they were getting when they paid all that money for him he's not that player but if he's put in the right place with the right team around him team of is still a really good footballer and And he's shown it thus far it's first i was just going to mention uh again Mm -hmm. his uh his buy the clause to buy uh, to make this loan permanent uh, is mm-hmm. still only like 15 million euros. Just yeah, I mean, if you can get a guy like this for 15 deal. million, I, I almost want to say yeah. Tottenham should just go ahead and do it. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, at, at, well, at this point, I, you know, honestly, I wouldn't do it just yet because if nothing else, it's not like. Well, I don't. I don't believe there's like a kill date on the clause. I guess it will be June 31st. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, no need to rush into it. Just make sure, you know, but but the guy's got talent. You can see that as long as he is willing to assimilate, as long as he can a, assimilate and be, be happy with the role that he's playing, which is mm-hmm. not to be the number nine. He's, he's not a Harry Kane replacement. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think five years ago, everybody thought he was going to be a player, you know, like Harry Kane. He's not a Harry Kane like player, but he is a good player 
who can do a lot of good things for that team, and he gives them something that they were missing. Mm-hmm. And he's jumping right in and playing this this uh, Ange ball. And boy, he looks really damn good doing it. I mean, this this could be a fantastic bit of business by Spurs by the time it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, if nothing else, that's a German international for potentially 15 million euros. <laughs> that's a steal, man. Yeah. This is steal. And, and one who it's it's not like he's broken down physically. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you see him go, I mean, that dude can fly. Yeah, he's still got the Jets. I mean, so it's not like he's broken out physically. Once again, his biggest thing, his biggest knock is he didn't quite live up to the expectation everybody had for him. Doesn't mean he can't play. Doesn't mean he can't really do a role for Spurs. Mm-hmm. So um, very, very impressive job by them today, especially going behind early. Um, you know, came off, uh, came off. I'd say a tough loss over the weekend to City in the FA Cup, but at the same time, I don't know that that match. There was no pop in that match. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, and I know we'll, we'll get into the FA Cup in a bit, so I don't want to prematurely blow my wad. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit, but a, a lot more passion and. Kind of, this is how it should be from Spurs today, from over the weekend. Okay. So, there, there's my, there's my. I mean, City just go to figure. City took care of business. Um, I have zero doubts, folks. There are literally a tiny handful of matches that that they can lose in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's put, let's put it this way. If Liverpool are going to win the Premier League, they're going to have to go and win it. And the numbers are going to be up there with what they've been when Liverpool and City go head to head. It's yep. going to be high mid 90s. Uh, you know, mid to high 90s is going to be the damn league winner. And you know, due to that, I'm just going to have to like bite my fucking nails off every week for the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's going to be rough. Uh, God bless this league. Yeah. God. At least one, oh, least one more time. Uh, a couple a couple of uh, interesting notes as we do go to the table here. Uh, one, if we sorted by uh, last five matches, so who's who's in form right now? Uh, obviously, Liverpool and City are at the top there with 13 points in five matches. Uh, West Ham there at 11. Behind them, though, Lutontown, 10 points in their last five matches. They are they are making a charge. Three wins in their last five. They're they're trying. God bless them. They're trying to stay up, uh, and so we'll see if they do. Um, and, and to top to top it off, I mean, seems like you know the the league is also giving them every opportunity as they're just trying to rip it away from Everton as far as they can. True. So. true. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll tell you, if Luton stays up this year. I mean, it's it's just going to be one of the greatest strokes of, I guess. I mean, let's be honest; it'll be one if they finish ahead of Everton. It's most likely going to be because Everton got the deduction. Yeah. So a lot of fortunes. You know, obviously people are aware of you know how shit that would be for Everton. 
Mm-hmm. Man, if you turn around and Luton Town stay up because of it, mm-hmm. oh boy, that's uh that's that's a story in itself. The uh, other uh, note, there's, uh, oh sorry. Oh no, I was gonna say, and there's definitely the maybe unintended consequence of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and and if we look, if I take a look at the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, real quick. Uh, the Nottingham Forest, of course, also <laughs> potentially. Uh, has some infractions that they may get dinged for. They're right now one point above Luton. Um, mm-hmm. so they get dinged, and if they and if you know we're gonna do another ten point deduction, then all of a sudden that's one less barrier in Luton's way because that that would drop Forest pretty far down. Uh, that would actually put them last place as as things stand right now. Um, so yeah, this is <laughs> this is pretty crazy, and a lot of things still to be decided down there. Um, looking across the table, we are really don't worry, somebody... city's still good. There you go. <laughs> uh, we 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 need to, we need a progress bar. You know, like when you're installing a program in Windows or something, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like fifty three percent complete. We need to see like out of the one hundred and fifteen charges, what are what are mm-hmm. we up to right now? Just. Just and it's like it's like it's cool. You can minimize this in the background and just check yeah. it. You can go about you can go along your business. You can just check this every now and then. Just minimize it in the background. Yeah, exactly. Well, city keeps winning titles. It's fine. It's fine, guys. It's mm-hmm. fine. Oh boy. Um, well, one thing I also noticed that is interesting about the table right now is there's starting to be these like clumpings. Like I would say the top five mm-hmm. are in like a Champions League race. Uh, because right. then, like, the difference between Villa and then West Ham right now is eight points. And then yeah. you have, like, West Ham, Newcastle, Brighton, United, and Chelsea all there within, like, four points of each other for, like, the quote-unquote European, other European spots. And then, like, you mm-hmm. have a couple teams in the mid-table, and then from, like, Fulham oh. to Luton, uh, and Fulham are in 12th, it's only a six-point difference. Like, there's yeah. a pretty big group of teams that like aside from Sheffield and probably Burnley at this point, like, you know, those two are, are probably going to get relegated at who's going to get that third spot and drop is going to be wild to see because there are, you know, fortune change really quick. You know, we thought Everton was, you know, Oh, they, they beat the charges. That's all they need. The us against the world mentality. Mm-hmm. Well, they have two points in their last five matches and they're currently in, in 18th place. So things can change drastically in this league in a very short amount of time. So we'll very see how so. that works. Um, real quick, again, at the top of the table, though, Liverpool right now up five points on City. City, again, do have match in hand. Arsenal are level on points with City without the match in hand. Uh, and Spurs and Villa both three points back of second place. So very tight race up there. Uh, quickly to the FA Cup. Uh, the results from this past weekend, uh, Bournemouth trounced City or Swansea, excuse me, 5 0. Uh, Bristol and Forest played to a draw, nil nil draw, so they'll have a replay. Wednesday and Coventry played to a 1 1 draw, they'll have a replay. Chelsea and Villa played to a nil nil draw, they'll have a replay. Uh, and I'm sure you want if you, you'll probably talk about this a little bit more. City went to uh, Tottenham and won 1 0. Uh, Maidstone United. The League Six, the sixth level of competition in the the entire pyramid, they beat Ipswich Town, who's in the championship. And by the way, Ipswich Town is like almost at the top of the championship. They might get promoted yeah, to the yeah, Premier yeah. League next year, and they just lost. 
uh, two one to Maidstone United. So Maidstone United continues the Cinderella run. Uh, the team that is leading the championship, Leicester, they win three 0 over Birmingham. Uh, Leeds and Plymouth Argyle drew one one, so they'll have a replay. Luton beats Everton. That bottom relegation scrap uh, carrying over to the cup. Luton wins two one there. Brighton and Hove beats Sheffield United 5-2. Newcastle beats Fulham 2-0. Wolves beat West Brom 2-0. That was uh just not mm, didn't things mm. didn't go well. It turned into a proper Eastern European football match there. Uh, with missiles being thrown and all. Uh Watford and Southampton drew 1-1. They'll have a replay. Uh Liverpool dispatched Norwich 5-2. Uh United did <laughs> did shake off a 2-2 draw at halftime against Newport County to eventually win 4-2. And Blackburn dashed Wrexham's dreams, winning 4-1. Um, so that does set up the fifth round proper. Uh, highlights will be Liverpool taking on either Watford or Southampton, whoever comes mm-hmm. out of that one. United traveling to either Bristol or Nottingham Forest uh, and Manchester City going to Luton. Um, so, Wes, uh, what did you catch on in the fourth round proper of the the, the FA Cup, which may become the next uh, biggest one? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, obviously, uh, Maidstone United is the uh, they're the story of the cup mm-hmm. thus far. Obviously, they are the story of the cup. Um, getting that big win over Ipswich, um, and like you say, you know, Ipswich are a team that have real aspirations of getting out of the championship, going into the Premier League next season. Um, honestly, you know, it, it's one of those you you hate to, you know, as an Ipswich fan, what you're saying today is, well, you know. Uh, we, we're obviously prioritizing the mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're obviously prioritizing getting into the Premier League. So whatever, no big deal and nothing to see here. Uh, <laughs> it, what happens happens, you know, one of those things. And that's, that's fine, man. You can you can say that. That's OK. Um, but for Maidstone, I mean, man, this is this is the biggest thing ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the biggest win in that club's history. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've heard some things like with the, the their manager is Cameroonian and, you know, he's dedicating it to everybody back home in the village. <laughs> um, it, it's like the biggest thing for him. Uh, one of their players, um, apparently they had something, some kind of a reception for him back in Maidstone. Uh, like the next day or two days later. And one of the players was actually unable to attend because he had to work. Oh God. Because yeah, those guys have like regular jobs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's sixth division of English football. I mean, they, they have regular jobs, you know, they're um, so, you know, for those guys, it it was, um, it's the thrill of a lifetime and what they were really, really hoping for. (laughs) <laughs> going forward was um, <clears throat> that they would get the chance in the next round to go to Manchester City or or go to Anfield and play Liverpool, something like that. And they didn't quite get the draw they wanted. Yeah. Um, now that said, you know, they, if you were able to knock off Ipswich, you know, come ready in the next round. I, I, who'd you say they were playing again? Um, uh, I know they're playing Sheffield another Wednesday or Coventry City. 
which I mean, honestly, through the season, neither of those teams have been as good as Ipswich. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who's the, who's to say there's not a chance? You know, who's to say there's mm-hmm. not a chance? Um, you know, go and do your thing, and uh, and hey, it would be even bigger if you'd win this round, and then in the next round, well, then there's a good chance you might end up with a Liverpool or a Manchester City yeah. or you know, or one of the big dogs because then those numbers are starting to dwindle. Um, as I believe six round, what the quarterfinal? It's yeah, it's the round of eight. Yep. Right. So hell yeah, man, get to the round of eight and Jesus, you know, and then and then go to um, go to sit here in Liverpool and get your cut of the uh, get your cut of the gate. So mm-hmm. um, that would be that would be awesome for them. And I mean, we'll we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, for Maidstone, it's already. It's already the greatest cup run in the history of the club. Oh, so yeah. everything here, as they say, is just gravy and green. Of course, I think it was already gravy just getting to the uh, the fourth round proper. So, oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so really big time, really cool. As, as Jurgen would say, really, really cool, really cool, <laughs> really, cool. So, um, really cool. Okay. So good for Maidstone. Um, going forward, the 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 tie on paper, the tie of the round was City and Tottenham. As we kind of touched on earlier, I mean, one nil. You look at it, one nil. You're like, oh man, that that was something. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't that it was a bad match. Mm-hmm. It's just it just kind of seemed like. I don't know. Tottenham kind of seemed like in their little mood that they get in sometimes like, Oh, we don't really give a shit about cups. Mm-hmm. And that was like, honestly, it was, it was maybe one of the flatter matches that they played under Ange. Yeah. I would was, agree with know, that. A little surprising, a little surprising, but at the same time, it's what it is. And, um, uh, you know, end of the day, uh, City got a a goal, a, a not the most convincing goal, and I'm not hating on City here, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it wasn't the most exciting goal ever. But uh, yeah, they they end up uh, they end up getting the win, and once again, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. You get that mm-hmm. W. So um, City will move on uh, for Spurs. Um, the FA Cup, the, t- the two cups are now out of reach. Um, I do not, Spurs are not in Europe? Correct, yes. Correct, yeah. yeah I, didn't, I didn't think they were in conference. Um, so for Spurs, only one trophy uh, still left on the table this year. That is, uh, of course, the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess you can say, well, Spurs can throw everything they can in the Premier League now. I think Spurs were kind of going to do that anyway. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, that was that's obviously the most important. But now you can you can throw all airs to the side and say, well, this is the only one that matters because it's the only one. Truly, the only one that matters. Truly, uh, for City, of course, the 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 dream of a treble is still alive. Um. Yeah, it was, uh, they they have the chance to um, repeat the same trouble they won last year. They're still in the FA Cup. Uh, of course, they are in contention for the Premier League. They're still in the Champions League. Um, but it, 
Dead. Yes. There's only one team that can make unprecedented history. Stop me if you've heard this from me before, by the way. <laughs> the quadruple lives. Oh, of course it does. <laughs> I am not going quadruple yet. No, no, Wes, you can't do it. You can't go quadruple. Um, at least not until uh, not not until you beat Chelsea and win number one. Because you know you know what they say, Ed. You can't win four without winning the first one. That's true. That's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's yeah. It's kind of like for for Liverpool fans. It's kind of like um, it, it, it is starting just very very little bit in the media. Well, you know. Liverpool going to nope, 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 nope. Fans are like, uh-uh, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Shut up. Shut up. We've done this before. Shut up. Don't want to hear you. Don't want to hear you. Um, you know, you know, if uh if if we beat Chelsea at Wembley, we'll talk in May. It's still alive in May. We'll chat a little bit. Um, don't worry, I'm sure it won't be the last time you hear it out of my mouth, but you know, I have to give the company I have to give the company a line. Yeah. But uh, Liverpool, Liverpool five two over Norwich. I mean, look. Let's be honest. When you saw the fact that Norwich was coming to Anfield, you could pretty much go ahead and start booking Liverpool through, <laughs> because yeah. like in in England there are a few things. You know, you're you're going to pay taxes. You're probably not going to have the best dental hygiene, and if you're Norwich, you're going to lose at Anfield. It's just what happens. Have not won there this century. Honestly, I think they've only won there once ever. And that was like mm-hmm. back in the 90s, maybe. Um, so, yeah, that was. And Liverpool, right from the get-go, far and away the better team. Um, they took care of their business with uh, with no real trouble. And they they got it done. They went through. Um a pretty pretty routine victory. Uh Slob was able to once again. Uh, Ed, he may be leaving, but he got the blood in some youngsters. You know we love to blood them in at Liverpool. We do love it. Um, uh, Connor, hey, Connor Bradley played, and boy, that worked out for the for the midweek. <laughs> um, he played he played very well against Norwich. Uh, young Bobby Clark coming on, uh, one for the future. Um, got some got some run. Uh, Jarrell Kwanzaa. So when Joel Maddock went down with the torn ACL back in I want to say October, November, somewhere in there. Um, everybody's panicking. Oh God, we got to Now what are we going to do? Now we've got to go buy another center back. We got to buy another center back. And all Jarrell Kwanzaa has done is just step up from the academy in a couple. First, it was a couple of emergency starts. Um, you know, due to the due to the injury. Uh, first it was a couple of emergency starts, and then um. It was like, oh, well, maybe he's not that bad. And now at 21 years old, he just looks like he belongs. Mm-hmm. You know, young man just looks like he belongs. He's basically right now, he's Liverpool's, at the moment, he's their third center back because uh, Joe Gomez has been doing his best impersonation of Trent Arnold and Andy Robertson playing as a, playing as a fullback recently and <laughs> honestly doing a really good job. Um so Liverpool, when it came time for the um, when it came time for the transfer window to open, which, oh, buddy, you want to talk about a snooze fest? We'll talk transfer in a little while, I guess. Or, or 
the lack of transfer. Um, Liverpool is like, no, we're, we're good. We're good. Um, so Liverpool will go in with uh, Van Dyke, Kwanzaa, uh, Kanate, of course. Um, and then with Robertson and Trent coming back, you know, obviously then Joe Gomez can play center back at any time as well. Um, so that's your, that's your four going forward. Um, with, uh, fully believe Kanate and Van Dyke is your preferred two at the back. So, um, which we'll talk about a little more in the news and notes here. Just something else just kind of boggles me about the decision made here. It's like, Jesus Christ, we were loading up. But, um, yeah, uh, Liverpool are looking strong. I, I don't think this year anybody does substitutions better than Jurgen Klopp. Uh, it's just like, it's like, oh, okay, well, we've ran your ass ragged for 65 minutes, and here comes Darwin Nunez. Oh, <laughs> or, or here comes Diogo Jota, or here comes Lucho, or here comes Cody Gatpo and Harvey Elliott, and just... They've done really, really well this year with the um, with the with the substitutions. The timing's been right. The rotation's been right. And I mean, Liverpool are just they they got depth. They got depth. Um, that midfield that everybody was just terrified. Oh God, what are we going to be? That's turned into a strength. Um, and much like we talked about Spurs, you're looking at Liverpool. Oh. You know, now they're starting to get guys back from injury. Oh, and um, oh, we get Indo back from Asia soon. And oh, yeah, Mo Salah's been gone for a month. <laughs> we get Mo Salah back. <laughs> uh, and and you know, for Mo Salah, kind of unfortunate for him, but Mo Salah actually kind of got an extended break here <laughs> with mm-hmm. the hamstring injury. So, you know, when he comes back, he should be refreshed and chomping at the bit, ready to go. So, four four months, Ed. I got, I got four months left. Boy, what a four months it could potentially be. So, oh, that's uh, the number again, four. Yeah, four. But a, a strong, uh, strong weekend and midweek for Liverpool. And um, as we mentioned, a trip to Arsenal on the books for Sunday. Yes, that is massive. That is actually true. Thank you for saying that because uh, I was an idiot and uh, didn't actually do the uh, the match uh, match list for the upcoming weekend here. My bad, y'all. So that this weekend uh, for the Premier League, uh, no FA Cup. The replays will be in midweek, but this weekend we're back to Premier League action Uh, at 730 a.m. It's Everton versus Tottenham. Just when Tottenham or our own Everton are struggling, this is this is when Tottenham can really strike and not fuck it all up. Uh, at 10 a.m., uh, Brighton and Hove versus Palace, Burnley versus Fulham, and Newcastle versus Surging Luton. Uh, and then at 12:30, it's Sheffield versus Aston Villa. On Sunday, uh, four more matches: uh, Bournemouth versus Forest, Chelsea versus Wolves, United versus West Ham, and then, as Wes mentioned, the big one. Excuse me, 11:30 a.m. Arsenal versus. Liverpool, of course, a mass controversy. The last time those two teams played, we'll see what Sunday has in store. And then at 3 p.m. on Monday, uh, Brentford looks to hit another bullseye against Manchester City on 3 p.m. on uh, NBC. Um, so there you go. That is that is that. Um, all right. 
continuing on here to the news and <laughs> notes. What? And we do have to start oh, with uh, James Pierce and his story. Uh, Jurgen Klopp <sighs> to leave Liverpool <laughs> at the end of the season. Rip um, the bandaid all day green. It hurts. It hurts. We'll, we'll combo that one with another story I had up here. Uh, this one from Luke Bosher. Uh, Liverpool sporting director Jorg Schmatke to leave at the end of the January transfer window. Uh, that was a bit. That was kind of a known already. So, so uh, well, apparently, yeah. so is Klopp leaving. I guess. Well, <laughs> no, yeah. no. Well, Schmatke was um, originally Schmatke was supposed to leave after the summer transfer window, and they convinced him to stick around through the winter. That, that was never a long term, but yes, obviously one a little more surprising than the other. Yep, uh, that that announcement came from <laughs> Klopp on a Friday in a, an interview done by the club. Um, apparently, I guess the they the club actually knew in November, uh, and they <laughs> they chose to only announce it now. Uh, he is, of course, won virtually every top level competition yep. uh that he could win with the club uh all both domestic cups in england uh the premier mm -hmm. league uh the champions league and then the club world cup uh probably the super cups the super cup the yeah Shield. Yep. i don't know if, yep. if they won the okay so yeah um yep. they've won it's, everything mm -hmm. um so yeah it's, he can it's he, can, he can make it right um the only one that he hasn't won is europa Remember that they, they actually lost that final in his first year at the club. So. Yep, there's a chance you know, to make that right. As Josie would say, he's never won the Europa Conference League. God, so. dang it, he got me there. He's got me. He's he is no Josie Mourinho in so 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 many ways. He's no Josie Mourinho. You know, I'm just saying. We talked last week about Josie getting fired from Roma. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, there's a job in England mm -hmm. available now. Mm -hmm. It might might be Chelsea, so shut up. <laughs> you, uh, I, want, I want you to stop talking about such things now, Green. Oh, I was thinking. I was thinking. <laughs> what would be funnier, Josie winning a Champions League with Liverpool or winning a Champions League with Barcelona? That can be a discussion for another day, uh, because well, I would find both of those things equally hilarious. I think. Um, I, but... can, I can get that ironic hilarity. This is, of course, uh, about Jurgen Klopp uh, and what he has built at Liverpool. Uh, the the dominating force he has been in basically being the most consistent threat to Manchester City over the last six yeah. or seven years. Um, it it was it was kind of interesting because I know we 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 started thinking, you know, maybe a year or two ago when he signed that contract extension in 2022, mm -hmm. you know, maybe, maybe it's about time. And, you know, after last year was, you know, really rough after trying to the last time they tried to do the quadruple, um, that, that following year last year, uh, was obviously very hard. Um, so it, it is, it's one of those things where like, it's shocking when you hear it and then you take 10 seconds and you're like, mm, no, this actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he 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 seems exhausted. I can see how this would be tiring now. Um, so yeah, I'm sure he's gonna give it his all for these last uh, you know, however many matches in the next four to five months. Uh, but Wes, this is this is obviously means a great deal more to you. Uh, I will let you now take the floor on this. Well, you know, really the toughest thing about that was if this had happened last year, after last season. 
it would have hurt. It would have sucked. It would not have been any easier, but it would have been okay. You know, clubs turning over. Then you saw the players that left. You'd be like, okay. Salah probably would have gone to Saudi Arabia at that point. It would have been, all right, all right. Um, reset. We're hitting reset. <laughs> Clean slate. Here we go. But as I was alluding to earlier, here we are in this season where, I mean, it's exciting. It's not Liverpool grinding out one nils. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he has a young, effervescent, highly motivated, highly exciting team that he is stamping his signature all over. As I mentioned, you've got guys like Jarrell Kwanzaa, 21 years old. Trent Arnold's only 25. Ibrahim Kanadi's only 24. Um, you, know, you, you look at all the midfielders who just came in. They're all under 25. Alexis McAllister, Ryan Gravenberch, um, Sabazlai. You look at that forward line. Um, outside of Mo Salah, those are all guys who are either in or coming into their prime. You know, Lucho, Diogo Jota. This is terrifying. I still think we're scratching the surface of what Darwin Nunez can be. Mm -hmm. And it's like, holy shit, everything is lining up. This is Liverpool 2.0. You know, you've got, you know, you've got the Virgil van Dykes and the Andy Robertsons and the Mo Salas. Man, there's your veteran leadership. And you've just got this hungry talent around them who are ready to go through a wall for Jurgen Klopp. They will kill themselves for him. And suddenly it's like, oh yeah, I'm leaving. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, this isn't Alex Ferguson. And th- this is not hating on Fergie. As I say this at the end, Alex Ferguson knew he was going to go after the season, probably for a year or two. Ferguson loaded up with a team full of experienced veterans. Yeah, they went and paid big money for Robin Van Persie. Um, You saw some of those late signings. They were not what you would call signings for the future infrastructure of a team. Mm -hmm. They were, Fergie was like, all right, I'm going out one last hurrah. And guess what? He fucking won the league. So whatever. Hey, he did exactly what he could have done. But we also kind of see where it's left United a decade later. Mm-hmm. So you could kind of say Ferguson Ferguson turned over like, what do you want to say? Let, let's say he turned over a Tesla with a battery that was starting to sputter. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was high priced. It was really nice, but it wasn't built to last. Jurgen Klopp right now has a oh God, Jurgen Klopp has like a Hellcat Dodge Challenger right now that he just got to like 10,000 miles and got it broken in. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's going to hand to the next manager. Um, it's not very often in sports, especially European football where a manager leaves A, on his own recognizance, and B, 
at the top of everything. Yeah. Usually it's on the way down. Um, you know, you mentioned Josie earlier, not hating on Josie. Guess Josie probably hit his peak when he was at Real Madrid, and everything since then has been a little step down, a little step down, a little step down, a little step down. Um, Ancelotti's doing it a little differently, but Ancelotti's jumped from club to club to club to club to club to club. Mm -hmm. And outside of whatever the hell he was doing with Everton, (laughs) he goes to big clubs. You know, um, even Arsene Wenger didn't leave the way he wanted to leave. Mm -hmm. Basically, in our lifetime, Ferguson did it. Yeah. That was it. No one else does it. Um, Pep, well, you could you could give it to Pep, but Pep had Pep has had short stays at places. So when Pep leaves City, it'll kind of be the same thing. But at the same time, you know, you look at the City squad right now, and God, don't get me wrong, it still might be the best squad in the world. You know, let's not get that twisted. That City squad does not look. It, it, just say you look five years out. Obviously, things can totally change. If you look five years, let's say four years into the future, that Liverpool squad looks a lot better than that City squad does. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it won't stay that way like that, sure. but you, you know what I mean by that. Um, it's just it, it boggles the mind that Klopp has basically overhauled this team and has them at a point where they're ready to challenge for everything again. Mm-hmm. And he's going to walk away from it. Yeah. And it, it, it breaks your heart, man. I mean, I will say I didn't cry. But I will also say my wife will tell you that I sat there stunned for about a minute and a half and like couldn't say anything. Yeah. It, it was wild. It was. I mean, it's crazy. You know, you, you think now you think, you know, where we grew up in our background. You know, who were the one who who has stunned you over the years? Dean Smith, I think, stunned us. Yeah, because we weren't expecting Dean Smith to walk. And, hey, now there's one for you right there. Obviously, different circumstances, different ages, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. But Dean, Dean Smith walked away from basically what probably would have been a national title team for him. Because mm-hmm. that was a team that Bill fucking Guthridge, love you gut. <laughs> yeah. Bill fucking Guthridge took them to a final four. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, that was Jamison Carter. God, they were loaded. And Dean Smith walked away because, you know, Dean Smith was like, you know, I just, I can't do it anymore. I can't, I can't give them the effort they deserve. And that's how Jurgen Klopp feels. Um, you know, Coach K did the whole, um, you know, the, the farewell tour. Um, you know, it was, it was a different feeling with that. Um, yeah. You know, uh, obviously, I mean, one that just happened, you know, Nick Saban. That's closer to what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Once again, you know, yeah. Nick Saban's 72 years old. Dean Smith was in his 70s. Your club's 50, 57, 58. I mean, it's crazy. But it also, it shows you the pressure and the strain that these guys are under. I mean, you know, 
being a manager of a professional team, really at any level, um, you know, being a college football coach, um, I mean, the, the stress, the, the strain is just, it's insane and it wears on guys. And we don't see the whole, you know, Saban was like, Saban was a cyborg. I I honestly, you honestly can't convince me that Nick Saban is a hundred percent a human being. Um, like I don't, I don't know if Kirby Smart's making it to seventy. Mm. I don't yeah. know if you know any of these guys now are making it to like seventy years old and doing what Nick Saban could do. Mm-hmm. The days of being Saban, being Bear Bryant, where you're there for twenty five years and walking away when you're ready, um, being Dean Smith, being Mike Shishetsky, those days, I think they're over. I think we've seen the end of them. And um, I believe, I believe Klopp may be, he may be like the front runner of this, but I don't think he's going to be the last guy where we're like, what the hell do you mean he's walking away right now? Mm-hmm. And once again, somebody in the future, like a, a Kirby Smart. Yeah, I keep using Kirby Smart just because, you know, younger coach who's at the top yeah. of his game. Um, I keep using that example, but you know, that's one. I think whenever Kirby smart leaves, we're all going to be like, well, what the hell? Why is he leaving? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and for Klopp, even though, even though hell, we, we honestly are lucky to have kept Klopp this long. Um, it looked like he was going to walk away a few years ago, sign the extension. So, you yeah, know, really we're fortunate that we've had him this long, but, um, you know, no matter what, it's still just, it, it, it blows you away, man. Yeah, it absolutely blows you away. Um, it hurts. It sucks uh, when you've got arguably, arguably, I'm going to say arguably one of the three best Premier League managers ever. Mm-hmm. Definite, definite top five. I th- I think you have a Premier League manager hierarchy. You can rank them how you want. Um, I, I still put Alex Ferguson first just because, God, Jesus Christ, how many times he won the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this is Premier League. I'm talking Premier League, so I'm right. not going back to the Shankleys, Paisleys, Dalglishes of the world. Um, uh, Wenger is up there, even though I think a lot of Wenger's faded a little bit over time because Wenger is like the one who stuck around too long and didn't mm-hmm. evolve. Yeah, the guy who basically brought evolution to the Premier League and then didn't evolve when it was time to. Mm-hmm. Um, Pep, Pep's in there. I mean, what else can I say? Pep's in there. Um, and honestly, I think you put Josie in there. Yeah. I mean, whenever Josie was in the Premier League, I mean, he was great at Chelsea until he blew it up twice. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think we've seen it. We brought this up a few weeks ago when we were talking about Josie. Josie finished second with really a shitty Man United team. <laughs> and won trophies. And won trophies. Yeah, well, I mean, won trophies. Nobody else at United at this point can really say that. So, um, yeah, I, I put Josie up there. Um, I think it'll go down in the books as Ferguson won Pet 2, probably. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, when you take it into context and you look at Jurgen Klopp, I mean, there are... 
basically three other Premier League seasons where he scored near red. Liverpool recorded near record point totals mm-hmm. and finished one fucking point in second place. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like somebody somebody said this was a non-Liverpool um, pundit. Like it'll be a damn shame if it goes down to history that Jurgen Klopp only won one Premier League title. Mm-hmm. So that's why you know this year, if if you give if you put gun to my head right now, you're like, all right, you can have one. What do you want? Premier League all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll take the prim. We'll take the prim. We'll take the prim. We'll take the prim. Fuck everything else. Of course, I want to be more like Shorzy and never lose. <laughs> <laughs> that's my goal for Klopp. Never. We're not. <laughs> um, but it, you know, you, you start looking at historicals in there, and he's up there, and you're excited for the future at Liverpool because we do have a good infrastructure. We've got a really good squad. Mm-hmm. There are some very promising names that have been bandied about for this coaching position. But none of them are Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. And you can be as promising, you can be as talented, you can be as whatever is whatever. You know, everybody thought David Moyes is the perfect replacement at United. No. <laughs> yeah, everybody's been the perfect replacement at United, and man, <laughs> damn one of them worked out yet. Mm-hmm. Um you know, uh, it, it took um it took Arteta a while at Arsenal and I mean, honestly, you know, Arteta's done pretty good at Arsenal. Arteta's nowhere near mentioned in the vein of Arsene Wenger yet. Yeah, we talked about it before. Uh, we did it with Saban. You don't want to be the guy, the man who replaces the man. You want to be the man who replaces the man who replaces the man. Or United, you add about 10 more men in there before you get to where you really want to be. But anyway, um, so it'll... It's going to be fascinating to see who they bring in um, and see what changes, what they keep. Because whoever comes in, you'll never be Jurgen Klopp 2.0. Whoever it is, yeah, I wouldn't suggest coming in and changing a lot. But obviously, whoever comes in is going to want to put their stamp on things and change some things. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting and it's scary all at the same time. Um, so as Liverpool fans... As I said, you know, we uh, we enjoy the hell out of these last few months. We remember it. We tell our kids about it one day. We tell our grandkids about it one day. And, um, you know, you, it, it just it, it kind of crystallizes every match going forward. Is like, shit, you know, got to watch this. Got to watch this. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Everything is must-see TV henceforth. And, um after May, I, I, I might cry openly on this podcast. Who knows? Well, before before you do that, uh, I <laughs> guess there are then two big questions we need to ask, and one you did kind of mention. Um, <laughs> where does Liverpool go from here? And the other question is, where does Jurgen Klopp go from here? Because <laughs> while he did say in his video, he will never <laughs> coach in England again. Um, right. In- England is only one country in the world. <laughs> Um, not not if you ask them my god but that's true um but that is that is a good thing you know we've heard a lot of options you know we've heard the german national team by god we've heard the mm-hmm. u.s men's national team we've heard oh no, that's josie's job sorry 
that's true um you know we've heard could he go to you know could he go to spain could he go back to germany you know it's it's really interesting to see like where he could end up you know within a year's time because that was another part he said he wanted to take at least a year off um, right so i guess yeah the two-part question is where do you where do you see liverpool going and then if if he does get that itch again within the next year or so where where do you see klopp ending up um all right so we'll give klopp a year off um kind of like you know guardiola did the same thing after he left Bayern. um <clears throat> as we kind of found out later i think it's because uh city were kind of grooming him for that position whatever hey i mean why not you know um I've heard bandied about, you know, if he ever comes back, to, the only thing he'd come back to England would be the English national team manager, which would just like complete my football life. <laughs> I mean, if he did that and left then, I just, I, I don't think I'd have to need to watch football ever again. Actually. <laughs> um, that's out there. The, the easiest one is to say German national team manager. Um, the biggest question is, does he do that before or after? The 2026 World Cup. Of course, Julian Nagelsmann in that job right now. Is that where Nagelsmann wants to be long term? Probably not. But also, you know, he's got a chance to manage a World Cup. So, you know, that's coming up. Um, and don't we have Euros this summer? Yes. Okay. So Nagelsmann's yeah. contract runs through. That's right. That's right. Um, It's just it's it's tough timing almost for the German national team because I think Klopp is very serious about wanting to take that year off. Um, I mean, because once again, I don't think he would just be leaving Liverpool because oh, I just want a different challenge. <laughs> so that's really interesting timing. Uh, U.S. national team is out there. Um, could he go back to? Uh, could he go back to managing Germany? Um, I, I don't see him, you, you know, Bayern Munich's always come open, always comes open <clears throat> and they have had kind of a, a love affair of Klopp for a decade at Bayern. They wanted him, they wanted him back when he was, um, in the Bundesliga to start with Klopp, Klopp's like wired a little different than like, um, um, Jesus, I said his name earlier, my Real Madrid manager, Ancelotti. Yes. Where Ancelotti goes big. I mean, Ancelotti's had like pretty much every big job in the world, almost. Um, that's not really Klopp. You know, like, I don't think Klopp works so much at a Munich. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that he wouldn't probably go in and get great results, but that's not really how he wants to do things. I mean, I can see him maybe end up back in Germany somewhere. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see him pop up in, in Italy. Um, I don't know. Klopp's a really, really tough one mm-hmm. because it's got to be the right situation, the right job, the right kind of club. He's not just going and chasing the bag. That's one thing about him. He's just, he's one of those guys who Klopp's not out there to chase a bag. Don't worry. He will be paid handsomely wherever he goes. 
Mm-hmm. But I mean, if he was just chasing the bag, he could have gone to United in 2015 or 20. Yeah. Yeah. Before he went to Liverpool, he could have gone to United. Apparently went and talked to United, talked to him about the job and just decided, you know, that it wasn't for him. He's obviously talked to Munich before, decided it wasn't for him. So, you know, I don't see him like ending up in PSG. Mm-hmm. I don't see him ending up in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> So, I don't know. Hell, you know, Klopp's one of those dudes. Shit, he might end up managing in damn Bundesliga 2 one day just because he finds a place he likes or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would almost, I would almost be more shocked if he took like the PSG job than like the St. Pauli job or something. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if he went to like somewhere like PSG. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, Barcelona is not in. Uh, well, that's its own story that I'm sure we're going to touch on. Barcelona's got no money. <laughs> yes, I mean for a team, for a coach, they got nothing. They're they're going to hire from within. It sounds like uh, Marquez. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I will throw one out there that kind of goes against what I've sat here and said. God, it would be kind of off character, but at the same time, it's a little different, and that's Real Madrid. Um, It would, just because there's like, yes, Madrid's got money, and Madrid goes out and buys the Galacticos. But at the same time, there's a little something more soulful to Madrid than, say, PSG or Mm -hmm. City. or even United at this point, there's just something to them. Yeah, they do spend a lot of money, but they kind of do things in a different way. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying he would by any means, but it's like that one would not come completely out of left field to me if he ended up, say, at Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. Other than that, man, I mean, just seems like national team has always been a place where people have thought he would end up anyway. I think there's a damn good chance, even if it's not for this next World Cup, there's a damn good chance sooner or later he will be the Germany coach. <sighs> or he could just come do, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> the Premier League on NBC with, with Rebecca and the Robbies. Hey, that wouldn't be bad. That would be, that would be great, actually. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. Oh, Jurgen. Or, folks, he could be the long-awaited third host of the Foreign Affair podcast. Jurgen, we we use Discord. You you can literally log in from anywhere. We we'll move the log time. Log in from anywhere, bro. Yeah, bro. We'll we'll work on your sketch. It's cool. It would be really cool. You know, we really will need cool. to get together from time to time. You know, for collabs and for photo shoots. Mm-hmm. You know, we can go to Ed's house, but it's cool yeah. wherever you want to go, man. Come right over. Wherever you want to, wherever you want to go, buddy. <laughs> you can stay at my house. Amazing, amazing stuff. But yeah, that's um, that's pretty much what I'm feeling at the moment. So it just stinks. Life. Life is fleeting. It's rough, man. It's rough. <sighs> well. Mm. 
It was also fleeting for another man. Um, so, a little different circumstance. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, Xavi has resigned from his position at Barcelona. He will also be leaving at the end of the season. Um, this one was more of the toxic workplace uh, reporting. Um, now, granted, the, the results for Barcelona haven't been there quite uh, this year either. Uh, they've been they did not win the the competition that used to be something interesting but now they play in saudi arabia so we don't give a shit about it uh they are been bounced from the copa del rey and now after they lost uh to i think villarreal this past weekend yeah five three uh they're pretty much out of the running for la liga um so they still do have a champions league campaign but a lot of negativity going around uh even after winning la liga just last season uh, this has been a somewhat untenable position for for Xavi. Uh, he had lost a lot of people in the boardroom. Didn't seem to lose the clubhouse, uh, but certainly, uh, certainly, a lot of the higher ups were not happy with results. Uh, Jean Jean Laporta was one of the only people still kind of in his camp, the Barca president, uh, and had you know after the Villarreal match had like kind of convinced everybody that not to fire him, and then Xavi was like, "Look, dude, I'm I'm out of here. I I don't want to deal with this shit anymore." So it, it's been really <laughs> intriguing. Uh, Paul Ballas and Lai Servalo Herrero uh, with a story on the Athletic about it. Um, just really interesting to see like how how much was really going wrong with there of course we talked you know a, a month or two ago about how barcelona in their last uh champions league group stage match uh xavi's plan was to leave a couple guys like Lewandowski at home uh on their on their trip to i, I don't remember who they played at this point um right. but it was a match that didn't really matter uh, <laughs> and then basically got overruled by the board because champions league group stage wins means more money and they said, no, you're you're going to play these guys. Um, so it's it's a little bit surprising, Wes, just because you know, Xavi was a longtime player at Barcelona. He he was oh, more than most. Uh, you know, the pressures and craziness that can go on there. Uh, but I imagine being the head coach comes with its own unique challenges. Uh, and he has decided to finish up. So obviously, Barcelona, a club in a lot of turmoil financially. Uh, in play in the boardroom, it's it's got to be a hard position for uh, for someone to come in there now, Wes. I mean, Xavi, you say former player, yeah. I mean, that's understatement. This dude is like yes. one of the all time greats. Mm -hmm. That's it, boy. They will go through some damn legends. You remember, um, Cruyff? Oh. God, yeah. Well, Cruyff, I think Cruyff did okay there. But yeah, I mean, Cruyff had his issues there. Um, I was just thinking my dude who had been in Everton. The the Dutch guy. Uh, oh, Coleman. Coleman. Yeah, yeah, Coleman. We don't think about it. Coleman is a Barcelona legend. Man, they chewed him up and spit him out. Oh, he was a great player at Barcelona back in the day. No, I had forgotten. I had forgotten he coached. Yeah. Him. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know. Um and here you go, you know, you got Javi, young manager, you know, you bring him in under this auspice that, you know, we understand he's still growing into the job and we're going to stand by him because he's one of our all-time greats. 18 fucking months. Basically 18 fucking months and this dude's like, get me the hell out of here. 
This dude's like Mr. Barcelona. And, you know, now there are times where a club legend comes back and they just don't cut it. Um, famously at Liverpool Football Club, uh, Graham Sunas, who was one of the great midfielders in Liverpool history, uh, he came and took over from Kenny Dalgleish after Hillsborough after that, in that time period. And he had done great. He had done great in, uh, in different stops. I uh, had turned Rangers really into a powerhouse. He goes to Liverpool and just... Fails. Mm-hmm. Just fails. Just doesn't get it done. But I mean, yeah, Javi wasn't having a great season there. But to me, it's like if you were hiring him, like, well, this is one of our all time greats and we're going to build him into this and he's going to take this club into the next generation. He's playing the kids kind of because he has to. <laughs> But he's playing the kids. He's getting a pretty good tune out of them. There's a lot of potential to grow there. And you drive him out. Who's in there right now? What elite manager is even thinking about touching that club with a 10-foot pole? And honestly, what elite manager is out there to take that job? You know you got no money. You know, you're under all kinds of Penalties coming down, investigations, this, that. Um, how many levers are left to pull? Unironically, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked about it a year or so ago on this podcast, I think before Javi came in. And I think we're back to it, Ed. You could be seeing Barcelona go through some really dark times coming up. Mm-hmm. Like... It might be, you know, of course, since we don't keep up with La Liga on a week-to-week basis here. But, I mean, it could be one of those, like, we don't really think about Barcelona for a few years because there ain't shit to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's tough when you're... <clears throat> when you were a club of that stature. And it's not like United. Now, there's obviously a lot of things with United. But one thing with United is, man, you're in a fucking league that's got like a bunch of teams that are at least competitive and can come after you. Mm-hmm. I mean, La Liga, it's it, forever. It's been a two team. It's been a two horse race with Simeone and Atletico back there going, hey, we're still here. We're still here. But that's it. You know, at least for United, they've got to deal with Liverpool year in, year out, City year in, year out, Arsenal year in, year out, Chelsea most year in, year out. You know, Tottenham has had their times. Um, uh, Fucking Newcastle are having their time. Aston Villa's having their time. There's seven clubs right there. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you're Barcelona. You basically got to get by Real Madrid. And I don't think that's going to be a given coming up soon. So um, I hate it for Xavi, who I always like Xavi as a player. I've never had any issue with Xavi as a manager. But I think the consensus on this show is, fuck you, Barcelona. You get what you fucking deserve. Yep. Yep. And you are- basically played your last trump card, and you're kind of fucked. 
Oh boy. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting. Now now one thing and Javi being being a bro and and not leaving at the end of this year so that it wouldn't cost them even more money to have to hire somebody now and still pay mm-hmm. him or having to fire him. Like Javi being a bro and waiting until the end of the season oh, yeah. was actually really big for them. Um but yeah, it, I mean we're oh, gonna yeah. have to wait to see like who's available. I mean, you know, if if Nagelsmann doesn't do great in at Euros, does he go to Barcelona? Like, is that is that the right the right pl- <clears throat> combination of like still sort of a big name, but also you know someone who needs to sort of resuscitate their career with a a club that is desperate? Now that sounds like to me a powder keg, and would be amazing. Um, but like that's that's oh, one yeah, of those where pushing. like do they have to go to with somebody who like you know needs to sort of <clears throat> have that career left and and maybe can't get into a Real Madrid or even a Liverpool at this point? Like you you, you talked about in the last story, Liverpool right now is a much more attractive job <clears throat> than Barcelona oh, yeah. is. Even oh, even yeah. with as you said, mm-hmm. a much more competitive league, that's a much mm-hmm. more be- attractive job. So oh, yeah. I I don't know where Barcelona goes from here, man. It's it's gonna be wild. Wait, and yeah, there's only one thing to do at this point. What's that? Did someone say Sham Allardyce on line oh. two? <laughs> he always said, "If you put me in Spain, I'd win at Real Madrid. We'll go win at Barca." Big Sam for Barca. He probably worked for free. Or just pies. I'm all for this. I am all for this. <laughs> like, hey, you want to stay in the social consciousness? Hire Sam Allardyce. I wonder if they hired Sam Allardyce, if he would end up, at the end of the day, managing more matches for Barcelona or England. <sighs> would he even make it to match day one? Uh, or my... Uh... Como se dice? Pitch it long. All right. Pitch it long. <laughs> oh man, he'd make a he'd make a slur somewhere. He'd call somebody gay or he'd do oh. something. Oh God. It, it it could it could only be everything I ever hoped it could be. Let's make it happen. Um, Large Samuel to Catalonia. <laughs> Our final story uh, in the news and notes section here uh, by Lori Whitwell. Uh, Have Manchester United been tough enough with Marcus Rashford? Uh, This is a bit of an interesting story that came out uh, last week uh, when uh, uh, Rashford was dropped for the United's FA Cup match um, when he reported for uh, or didn't report to training on the day before because he wasn't feeling good. He was under the weather. Uh, And then it came out like the two days prior, he had been like at nightclubs and partying and on a private jet. Um, So once that came out, the club had a little powwow with him. And uh, when he was (coughs) dropped uh, for for the FA Cup match, uh, but is scheduled to be available for the match tomorrow against Wolves. Um, And, you know, this is this is an interesting turn uh, from from what we've seen with others under Eric Ten Hag, who, who break the rules. Um, you know, we, we saw him butt heads with Ronaldo. We saw him uh, still uh, up until he left for Dortmund, butting heads with Jaden Sancho. 
Um, now, as, as Whitwell puts in the piece, maybe one of the, the differences in this scenario was that uh, Rashford at least is contrite with with what he did. Um, <laughs> this is this is kind of weird. You know, Arrington Hogg has been this, you know, major disciplinarian and, and to kind of be like, yeah, all right, you, you won't play in the FA Cup match against a team that's like three divisions below us, but I guess we'll bring you back for the Premier League match in midweek. It's, it's really, I, I understand what they're saying about him, like being sorry, or even though they didn't say he said sorry. Um, it, it, it's really weird. And it's been a, it's been a really bad year for Marcus Rashford or bad season, I should say. Um, uh, he hasn't really been performing on the pitch. Um, who knows if he's looking ahead to Euro uh, or or what is going on, if if he's not happy with Ten Hag. Um, but this is not the Marcus Rashford of a couple years ago, who was one of United's most consistent threats up front. Um, and it would be, you know, it's, it's just been interesting because, you know, it, it did seem like Wes Ten Hag was kind of brought in to be that, you know, big disciplinarian guy. And he was... With with guys like uh, Ronaldo and uh, Sancho, as I mentioned, and then with Rashford, it seems like something different. So it's it's just one more thing that makes you look at United and go, hmm. It, it's just another. <clears throat> it's just another bad day for United, man. Yeah, that's the thing. Long it's just another bad day where it's like. What now? <laughs> what now? And the thing is, what happened there does not happen <clears throat> on teams that have good cultures around them. Yeah. You don't hear this happening with City. Kyle Walker has his own shit going on. But, oh, yeah. We, we don't need to get yeah. into that, but yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Thank you, Barstool, for telling me all about Kyle Walker's bullshit right now and, and showing plenty of pictures. So, you know, um, yeah. Um, but that said, you know, Kyle Walker is doing what he's doing. It's not a massive team distraction. He's not he's not putting himself in jeopardy before matches. Maybe mm-hmm. putting himself in jeopardy to walk through his door. No, but the, once mm-hmm. again, that's a different story. Um <clears throat> You don't see that happening in City. That's not happening at Liverpool. That's not happening at Arsenal. It's not happening at Aston Villa. You know, the, those teams are, <clears throat> I'll call another college football word out, Ed, and that's alignment. That's a big Nick Saban word. We've got good alignment. And that means from the top of the chain, which is your sporting director, your manager, all the way through the bottom of the chain, which is your support staff, you know, your your nutritionist, you know, your people who are, you know, as they say, the tea ladies, the ladies working in the canteen, there's alignment. And it's it's a straight line and people are on board. United have been in this point since Alex Ferguson left where they do not have alignment. <clears throat> um, you know, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. Um, the tails wagging the dog, yeah. whatever great you know metaphor we want to use here, United are guilty of most of them. 
And yeah, you can say, I mean, it, let's put, it's not Eric Ten Hogg's fault that Marcus Rashford did a did something stupid. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're saying. What I think what I'm getting at more is just this whole when there's a culture of guys who aren't completely bought into everything going on, when that culture is there, it it it, it permeates. It's like it's it's like a, a, a cancer growing. Mm-hmm. And you look at these super talented players. Now, here's the thing with United. Have they wasted a lot of money recently? Yeah, they have. Man, they brought in some really talented footballers. And you can never argue or deny that. <clears throat> and for whatever reason, guys go to United and they do not excel. Um, sneak peek on one of my uh, Pimp in the Athletic articles, Anthony Martial is a big example of that. Jaden Jaden Sancho. Jaden Sancho was like the future for England about three years ago. Mm-hmm. And now they're basically giving him back to Dortmund at a cut rate price and paying most of his salary. Just to be like, dude, just go the fuck away. Um, Marcus Rashford, you know, it, it kind of took me aback today when I was reading an article and say, yeah, Marcus Rashford's 26 now. And I'm like, shit, I guess he is 26. Yeah. <laughs> and, and while that's not like old in football standards, you know, Marcus Rashford should be in his prime right now. And he somehow isn't. I mean, this is a guy who's been a really top player since he was 18, 19 years old. And suddenly when he's getting into what should be the prime of his career, he's regressing. That ain't good. Yeah. That ain't good at all. Especially a guy who you were banking on was going to be a world-class talent for you. That's all we've heard from United for years. Oh, Rashford. Rashford's going to be world-class. He's basically already there. And in England, sure he is. You know, for United, he's still inconsistent. And apparently he's got some maturity issues mm-hmm. at 26. You know, um, God, you know, uh, I, I know we've goofed on him for a long time. I mean, you know, you look at somebody like Jesse Lingard, who I don't think Lingard was ever a big disciplinary issue, but I, I would say there were definitely some maturity issues with Lingard. And that's another guy who, oh, he's supposed to be great. He's not. Yeah. Harry Maguire. Harry, I mean, Harry fucking Maguire. Ugh. That's still like one of our favorite things, just to say Harry Maguire. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's like he's on preseason in Greece and getting hammered and getting arrested in Greece. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just. I don't know. It, I mean, you know, I can I can look back on the Jurgen Klopp years, not to turn this into a Jurgen Klopp discussion. I can look back at the Jurgen Klopp years about the worst thing. The worst thing I remember anybody doing was Roberto Firmino got a DUI mm-hmm. or a driving while drink drive, whatever they call yes. it. Mm-hmm. Firmino got one. I cannot off the top of my head, and it's not Liverpool West here. I cannot off the top of my head think where anybody else got in any major trouble for anything. Mm-hmm. I can't off the top of my head tell you about a malcontent who was banished <clears throat> to train by himself and bundled out of the club. 
you know, um, Mamadou Sako was a guy who, you know, when Klopp came in, he was a uh, okay. Sako got in trouble for taking a fat burner that was um, banned, hmm. was, and then he uh, packed it up and got sent off. The who do you think? Oh, Balotelli wasn't. Oh, Klopp shit Balotelli out of me. I don't think Balotelli yeah. ever played for Klopp. Well, that's maybe maybe that's why it was hard to remember him. Yeah, that's yeah. Name. I don't think he. I think he was on the books, but immediately I think he he trained under Klopp for like a week, and Klopp was like, <laughs> "Get this, get this fucker out of here." <laughs> but I, I I want to say if I remember that correctly, Balotelli was on a loan anyway, and then he came back, you know, after his loan was over. Mm-hmm. And started uh, summer training, and they were very quickly like, look, do something. Get him out of here. <laughs> no, nah, this ain't going to work at all. But, you know, Mamadou Sako was a guy who, he was a good guy. From Everybody loved him. They said Klopp liked him as a dude. But Klopp found out early on with Sako, he's like, ooh, he's going to be a distraction. He's a guy who's not completely serious about his football. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're looking for. Pep Guardiola. Who's gotten in real trouble at City under Guardiola? I mean, once again, we can say Kyle Walker. But <laughs> Kyle Walker just does some dumb personal shit. Walker hasn't really done anything like that's getting you that big a press where it's like he's he's not. I guess he's not at being professional. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing. I mean, I am not saying that every guy in Liverpool is a fucking saint. I'm not saying every guy in City is a saint. But they know how to at least carry themselves like professionals. Mm-hmm. They seem to have a massive problem with that at United. And that it, it's a culture thing. It is a culture thing. And it shows the culture United compared to the clubs they want to be at. You know, guys at Newcastle aren't getting in trouble. Guys at Arsenal aren't getting in trouble. Guys at Tottenham aren't getting in trouble like that. I mean, you think about, like, Rich Arlison. You know I don't like Rich Arlison. Mm-hmm. Rich Arlison has calmed some of his off-the-field antics down since he got to Tottenham because there's more accountability at Tottenham now. Mm-hmm. United, it just seems like – it seems like – it seems like United have a bunch of guys who just think I play for Manchester United. I'm above the law. I can do what I want. And I mean, yeah, they're pro athletes. They're millionaires. They're they're mid twenties millionaires. I mean, and those guys obviously they have egos that say I can do what I want. But you've got to find the guys who are willing to buy in and put some of that aside. Because man, it's a whole hell of a lot cooler to be a retired mid thirties multimillionaire who lived up to your billing and did a bunch of cool shit and won a lot of shit and mm-hmm. isn't remembered as like, Oh God. Yeah. I remember that guy, you know? So, um, Rashford in Rashford's defense, he has come out. He's owned up to it. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, I did it and I screwed up and I'm going to change. And this isn't going to happen again. Cool. Okay. Okay, Marcus. You know, so for Rashford, I think it's like, okay, you know, he he served a little suspension. They won't call it that, but we know why he didn't play on Sunday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Hawkins can say what he wants. We know why he didn't play on Sunday. 
So now it's like, okay, dude, you served it. Now Rashford needs to buckle down and A, get his shit on the field straight. And B, he needs to make sure that he is a leader because he he should be looked at as a leader in that clubhouse. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what he does. But United have problems and Bunny, they can't get out of their own damn way right now. Yeah. I mean, I'd say it's a shame. It it it's obviously not yeah. for us. Um, no, we enjoy it. But it it it's got to be frustrating if you're a United fan. Like th- this was supposed to be, you know, one of the guys who was gonna come in and and really try to be, like you said, that sort of example. Um, oh yeah. And it just and it's it seems like he's regressing, and that's not something you want to see with a dude who's only in his mid twenties still. Um, right. So that is got to be really, really frustrating for Ten Hag. And it's got to be frustrating for Southgate, who I'm sure was probably at oh, least yeah. going to count on him somewhat for Euros 2024. And oh, yeah. That's looking a little worse at this point. So, oh, yeah. I mean, Rashford's definitely like one of Southgate's dudes. He has been. I mean, he's been mm-hmm. well thought of in the England setup. Um, he's been a big part of the England setup for a long time now. He's been a big part of the England setup. So, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he's he's got a ch- he's still got time and he's still got opportunity to get his shit straight. Mm-hmm. But 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 he got to get his shit straight, you know. <laughs> it's like, all right, dude, you know you can say it all day. Now you you got to get your shit straight. Absolutely. Um. So with that, uh, Wes, uh, let's let's pimp the athletic a little bit. What you what you've been reading <clears throat> in the uh, in the last little bit here? Let's get my leg up. So I kind of teased one earlier when I said the name Anthony Martial. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there, there is a story out on Martial this week uh, written on The Athletic. Um, and it was written by um, a full day ago. I'm pulling it up as far as I can. Uh, Carl Anka, who writes a lot for United. Uh, Anthony Martial was bought to be a Man United superstar, but will leave with a whimper. Folks, this is one of those guys who he just, he never quite grew up. Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe Anthony Martial is 28 years old now. I remember, I remember buying Anthony Martial on FIFA when he was a 17-year-old from Monaco. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He came to Liverpool and boy... He was a superstar. <laughs> I took care of Marshall. I developed him. By God, he should have come to me. Um, but basically, Anthony Martial, um, back when they bought him um, September, uh, they bought him in the summer of 2015 for 36 million pounds, which in 2015, that made him the most expensive teenager in the world. Um, so he came in with a lot of expectations. He came mm-hmm. from Monaco, which, uh, of course, Monaco is that club that at that time, especially they were just churning guys out, just churning them out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, a, a young Killian Mbappe would be on his way to Monaco soon. Um, you know, that that's just, that's one of those clubs that that's what they do. Uh, came in, um, scored on his debut um, at Old Trafford against Liverpool. Um, looked like he was on his way to fulfilling 
um, that uh, that promise in his first season. Uh, 49 appearances, 17 goals. Two years later, 2017, 18, 45 appearances, 11 goals. And at this time, it's like, okay, we're getting a little something. 2018, 19, 38 appearances, 12 goals. And then Ed, his career year, 2019, 2020, 48 appearances, 23 goals in all competitions, 17 in the Premier League. Holy shit, United have something. And since then, he has scored a grand total, including this season, four seasons. He has scored a grand total of 16, 17, 18, 19 goals. 19 goals. And he he is basically done. He is out for the next uh, 10 weeks um, with a, uh, a groin, with groin surgery. And it's one of those you kind of be surprised to ever see Martial play again for Manchester United. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of the poster boy of where did this go wrong? And we just talked about it, so I'm not going to rehash everything we just talked about, but we just talked about it. And, um, yeah, Martial Martial is kind of the poster boy. Uh, you know, when um when when you don't come in, you don't fully apply yourself. Um you have a new manager every two years, you know, everybody's changing philosophies, you're not being properly developed, <clears throat> you're not putting in the work to be properly developed. This is what happens. At 28 years old, you're gonna leave Manchester United on a free after being a world record signing. He's going to leave on a free and end up probably somewhere we'll never hear from him again. Mm-hmm. Probably somewhere in France or Spain. Not playing for PSG, not playing for Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, just kind of one of those one of those uh, opportunity wasted. Yeah, opportunity wasted. Um couple more. Uh, there's obviously plenty of Klopp stories out there. There is a good Xavi story. Uh, Paul Ballas and Lae Cervalho Herrero. Uh, Xavi's Barcelona resignation, the full story behind his decision to step down in June. <clears throat> so if you want to go a little deeper into that, check that one out. Um, on the Liverpool front, I uh, believe this is a Pierce article. Is suddenly, uh, no, this is a Philip Buckingham article. Mike Gordon, Liverpool's quiet man, tasked with the biggest rebuild in a decade. Um, Mike Gordon is, um, what we call him, I guess, uh, the president of FSG. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Fenway Sports Group. Uh, and he basically is the day-to-day guy who runs the football club. Um, and obviously, as we talked about earlier, I won't rehash back into that. He's got a uh, he's got he's got the job of jobs that oh, yeah. he has to pull off. So good luck to him. And then something a little more. Uh, it, it, this is still football. Um, this is a little lighthearted at times, but also gets a little dark at times. Football's initiations, laughter, togetherness, fear and abuse. Uh, this is about basically the. Um, I wouldn't so much say, well, some of it, I guess, is the hazing of new football mm-hmm. players, but kind of the initiation process. You know, you, you, we see the videos every now and then of 
Oh, you know, there was there's one that's embedded in here. Oh, Erling Holland's having to stand on a chair and sing a song in front of his new teammates. You know, it's kind of like a team bonding thing. And those are cute. Those are funny. Ha ha. You know, oh, get up there and sing. uh, You know, I would get up there and sing like a freaking Miley Cyrus song or something, you know, just, Mm -hmm. you know, go up there, break the ice, have some fun, show your teammates. Hey, I'm a fun guy. Well, I know part of it goes into one guy who, like, you know, when they tried to get in the scene, he was like, no, I won't do it. And apparently he just never fit in because guys are like, oh, you know, so you think you're better than us. You're lame, da-da-da, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of shit. You know, and once again, we come back to the fact that, yes, these guys are professionals. Folks, we're talking about a bunch of kids who are in their 20s. Some are still teenagers. Especially these initiations usually happen to the younger guys. So teenagers. And you know what? Kids can be mean. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we talked about that before. Kids can be assholes. <laughs> Guess what? I was a kid once. I did some asshole shit back in the day. And you know what? I got treated like an asshole every now and then by, you know, by people. That's just that's part of growing up. And especially that's part of, you know, a locker room culture. Um, you know, there, and, and here's the thing, Ed, there are places that it can go where mm-hmm. I agree with, you know, a little initiation, team building, you know, something that's going to bring you together. That's cool. But as we have seen just innumerable times over the years in sports and other places, boy, people have kind of a uh, nature to just go too damn far sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, you can have some fun, but sometimes things just go too far. And this story does explore that as well. It's a really good article. It's a good read. Um, and you know me, I've said, I say it all the time. I like that behind the curtain, peek behind the curtain kind of looks um, mm-hmm. that we're able to get sometimes. And the athletic does that better than anybody. So if that's something interesting. Take a look at it. Um, I found it very interesting. That's me. That's me uh, fully. Going magic Don Juan pimping out the athletics this week. Amazing. Amazing. Um, I have a couple stories here. Uh, first one, uh, this was an interesting story from uh from the uh Asian uh tournament going on right now, um, in the Asia Cup. Uh this by Ali Hum uh Humayun. Uh, Roberto Mancini apologizes for walking off during Saudi Arabia versus South Korea penalty shootout. Uh, so South Korea uh, narrowly avoided elimination from Saudi Arabia uh, this past Wednesday. Um, they they got a they got a late 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 goal, send it to penalties, uh, and after a couple misses, without the shootout even being done. Uh, Mancini, who is the uh, the coach of Saudi Arabia, go figure that, uh, was just like deuces and just went down the tunnel and and just completely left. Um, so he had to kind of apologize for that. Uh, that that was not a great look. Um, but yeah, that was that was just interesting. We hear a lot about the crazy goings on at Afcon. What with the Ivory Coast firing their manager in the group stage and then somehow winning you know, uh, a, a, a round of 16 match in the knockout against against, like the best team in the league and the, in the cup. Uh, it's weird. It's weird. Um, but yeah, that was an interesting story coming out of the Asia cup. Uh, next one from CJ Moore, how Indiana state basketball's Josh shirts rose from anonymity to coaching star. Uh, this is a wild story 
about the uh, the men's basketball coach over at Indiana State, I uh, definitely give it a read because this is this is a guy who is like come from literally nothing to do this. So this is you know Indiana State, not maybe the hotbed of college hoops, although Indiana itself is is very hoops crazy. So uh, goat went to Indiana State. Don't forget that. That's true. That is true. Um, and lastly, a guy we mentioned a lot here on this podcast. Evan Drellich, uh, because oh, yeah. Kansas haven't reported yet. Uh, mm, an update. Almost. Can, can Amazon save the Bally RSNs? Understanding what's next for the broadcaster. <laughs> if you've been following along and thinking about what does it mean if Amazon takes over for the, the regional sports networks that, that broadcast almost all of like 20, I think, different teams' games during the regular season, you should read this article. Because this keeps evolving, this keeps changing, and Evan Drellich is staying on top of this day by day. This story just came out today on Wednesday, so go get up to speed on that. So that is that is R- it. Real quick, oh, real quick, since you were on baseball, um, uh-huh. uh, you heard? Did you hear about uh, Angelos? Yes, I'm sorry. I should. I don't know why <laughs> I didn't include that. Peter Angelos, oh God, not dead, but he's gone. Good enough. Oh, he didn't even have to die. He didn't even have to die to finally get it right. So here's a weird thing, though, about that. I, I don't know. I would. I don't know if I'd use the word famously because I'm not famous and I didn't do it in public or anything. But I somehow famously swore off the Baltimore Orioles, who were my first team growing up, until Angelo sold the team. (gasps) Are you are you gonna make a comeback yet? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't like now. I've would been be with Boston for almost twenty five <laughs> years. Do I go back now? Like that would be you? that would definitely be the time to do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> as a, as a Boston fan, I can tell you, Jesus Christ, I kind of wish I had a choice right now. <laughs> this is a really good time to jump ship, I guess. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll just be. They'll be one in one A now for me and i'll just have two favorite teams that who, play, who play each other 18 times a year <laughs> yeah. so i like duke and carolina wait what yeah no it'd be more like i like duke yeah. and wake forest yeah yeah it'd be a little more like that yeah yeah duke um, and carolina would be i like the yankees and the red Sox. oh you can see yourself just out in baseball yeah. <laughs> like the Lakers and the Celtics. Yeah, fuck you. Come on now. Come on now. Uh, I like the Cowboys. Not nah, just fuck you. Nah, just fuck you. Yeah, well, I like the Cowboys. <laughs> I like the Cowboys and the Patriots. Oh fuck off. Oh fuck off. Oh yeah. God. But Patrick Mahomes is my favorite player. <laughs> Hey, he's 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 about to become the goat. So, <laughs> see, man, that that was a discussion I heard. It's like, yeah, he it will it will still be kind of surprising if he ever catches Tom with the numbers, but mm-hmm. of the number of Super Bowls. But boy, he's God, he's good. Yeah, God, he's good. Anyway, I can't wait to watch Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl. There you go. Next week, folks, we're going to give you a full hour-long breakdown of what Taylor Swift might wear to the Super Bowl. 
I can't wait. Um, you know, somebody actually timed. Uh, they like got out of stopwatch and timed how much she was shown. Uh, in the what was the last game they played? The conference championship. Yeah, the AFC. Yeah, yeah championship. Yeah, I, I think it was like fifty seconds in like yeah. three plus hour broadcast. So it's kind of crazy. Exactly. Like I get that she gets shown like a lot because of who she is and like literally yeah. more than anyone else in the crowd. And then you think about it like, oh, it's only 15 seconds or 50 seconds out of like three hours. So I can get yeah. why it'd be a little People, annoying, yeah. but I'm like, eh, eh. So, so I saw I saw a, I saw a reel. So apparently Christian McCaffrey dates like a swimsuit model or something. He was. Um, yeah, I mean, Stanford. gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous girl, right? Gorgeous girl. And apparently, she's like a pretty well-known swimsuit. Wow. I can't tell your name, but apparently, she's pretty well-known. So there's a picture of them, like after the championship game, and she's down there, basically doing, you know, pretty much the same thing Taylor Swift did with Kelsey. You know, they're, mm-hmm. you know, oh baby, I'm so proud of you. You know, let's hug, take a picture, da da. So somebody put. It's like, I don't understand why we have to see so much Taylor Swift. I mean, you know, um, I mean, Christian McCaffrey and a bunch of guys have uh, much hotter girlfriends than Taylor Swift. To which my reply was, yeah, it's not like Taylor Swift has anything else going for her other than just a pretty face, right? (laughs) It's like people just look. I mean, do I roll my eyes at it? Yes, I do. Do I giggle about it? Yes, I do. At the same time, let's be real. We have the biggest, most culturally relevant superstar in the mm. world. Yeah. And she's at Kansas City Chiefs games. Yeah. And she's there for one reason. Mm-hmm. Now, if we have the most culturally significant person in the world at any game, aren't we probably going to give them a little more attention than just, oh, man, this guy went to Alabama. He's dating a really hot girl from Alabama, which, yeah, yeah there's a bunch of them. I get it. That happened. But, by the way. I remember yeah. Matt Musburger. Yeah. Well, she went to Auburn, but yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, you know, yeah, I mean, we're not all, we can't all be Brent Musburger as yeah. much as we might want to be. Um, but yeah, it's like, come on, folks. It's like, you just get a fucking clue here. Look, if the president was at the game, I don't know if he'd be able to stay awake through one at this point, but let's say, a, let's say like a, a living president was at the game. Um, don't you think it would like, you know, we'd show the president? Probably. And it'd probably be because, oh, he's he's really culturally significant. Oh, look, he's at the game. Well, uh, I hate to say, Taylor Swift has a better Q rating than pretty much every president we've had in the last, like, 50 years. So, yeah. Guess That's what? Probably. Taylor Swift gonna get coverage. But like you said, I mean, 50 seconds out of a three-hour broadcast? Okay. Yeah. And I say this as like someone who doesn't care about Taylor Swift or her music. Like, I'm glad people love it. It's great if you have that cultural touchstone. Awesome for you. I don't give a shit. But I'm also like, and like, granted, I don't watch these games, but it's just like, it's one thing, as you said, to kind of roll your eyes and go like, oh, oh, there she is again. It's another thing to get like all hot and bothered and go storming off and being a keyboard warrior on Twitter about how this is the worst thing I've like, no, come on. It's like, it's like a little perspective here. People just like a tiny ounce of perspective here. And then of course the the funny thing is the funny thing is then like the, the Swifty cult (laughs) who then come back and feel like, 
you know, just because, you know, uh, Jeff from uh, Red Oak, North Carolina said, I'm sick of seeing Taylor Swift on TV. Like a hundred Taylor Swiftites have to then like bombard this guy's life yeah. and be like, you're a horrible person. Oh my God, you should be fired and arrested. Oh, how dare you say that? You're tired of seeing Taylor Swift. I, I think, <laughs> I honestly think at this point, Swifties are a more powerful force than Anonymous because, and for those of you out there who don't know who Anonymous is, they're like this group of like hackers who aren't like, super good or super evil but basically like if they see, perceive something going wrong in the world they will like fuck you up um yeah and what so if if people didn't hear the story uh there was of course the uh the artificially generated uh taylor swift nudes that went out oh, yeah. um and uh there was someone uh this dude up in canada who was like bragging about it and was like, oh, I was part of this and the Swifties are never going to get me. And within like 12 hours, they had his name where he went to college and his address. And, and like now he's about to get, I think pretty sure he got arrested because obviously yeah. doing porn like this is terrible, but I'm like, yeah. you don't fuck with them. You don't fuck with them. No, I mean, they're, you know, Brandon Walker jokingly um, calls Texas A&M fans. Well, I guess he's jokingly. He calls Texas A&M fans a cult. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they're hardcore about their shit. I mean, I'm telling you, man, Taylor Swift people, like people who just, there are always people who take things too far. Mm -hmm. She just happens to have a whole lot of them who like her shit. I'd tell you what, if, if, if Taylor Swift, as horrible as what that that was that happened to her with the those those images, yeah, that's bullshit. That's if that's what this is a tangent. I I I, I this, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. This is just a tangent of mine. Tangent. That's what finally gets legislation on this bullshit that is overwhelming the internet right now of all this AI generated Dude. bullshit. If this is what do it, then thank you, Miss Swift, from your service. I will go out and buy all your albums. Because if that's what it takes to finally get legislation and regulation going on this shit, I, I, we're like five years too late on this, but we need mm -hmm. to stop it now. And if this is, if Taylor Swift getting this done to her is what had to happen for people to actually act, then. I'm sorry, Taylor. And again, thank you for your service. And and I hope this actually makes change for the good. Sorry. Just remember, Ed, when you go out, you just remember when you go out, you buy the Taylor's version. Okay. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Of course. Of course. Got about Taylor's version. So yeah. Um, but anyway. So yeah. So cool. We got five good minutes of Taylor Swift in on the podcast. Woo! <laughs> even though we don't even though we don't talk about the NFL, but you know, we did. <laughs> Oh man. Um she's also right. welcome on the show if she'd like to come on here. So. Absolutely. You know, if 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 we wanted to turn this into like a combination Jurgen Klopp Taylor Swift podcast and we're just like here chilling, I I'm not I mean that it. that could I mean I, I think we could get a few numbers. Yeah, maybe. We could bring the world together, Ed. What is I mean, German for swiftly? 
Shaxinglung? I have no idea. I love let me, it. Let me, let me pull my translator up. I can actually find that for you kind of quickly. <laughs> I, have a, I have a translator on here just in case I need to figure out what Jurgen Klopp says sometimes. Oh, man. Swiftly Schnell. S-C-H-N-E-L-L. Schnell. 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 Welcome to our new podcast, Schnell. Schnell. Schnell is swiftly flowing. Oh, man. Chanel and your Chanel and Klopp. Oh, <laughs> Chanel and Klopp. That would be great. That would really oh, be great. Goodness. Tune in next week for episode one of Chanel and Klopp. <laughs> oh man, all, all we need is some Taylor lyrics and Jurgen hugs, and oh, folks, man. we can bring the world together. Raj, Raj Bennett, I know you listen to our podcast. I, you, you actually have, you have your to ideas from Bennett. <laughs> yeah. Um, just remember, just give us at least like a free, uh, just give us a, a Bennett Blazers batch and we'll be okay. Yeah. There you go. That'll do it. Yeah. Um, I think that can count also as our watch for, for the week. Um, and I was yeah. tempted. I didn't to do really so have nothing raw. new. So I was tempted to do so raw. Um, <laughs> We don't. We don't have. Was, Ed, was that a shot at Vince McMahon? Oh no! Who also apparently who? did it so wrong. Anyway, who? <laughs> the artist formerly known as Vince McMahon. I can't wait till he gets scrubbed from all of the archive footage. It's like, man, we sure went down to like three shows that you can go back and watch. It's like, wow. I wasn't the wrestling before 2019, Dad? <laughs> Apparently not, son. Hey, who is the guy that fought God? I don't know what you're talking about. Dad, how come every time Stone Cold Steve Austin goes to stun somebody, it's just a big blurry image? <laughs> well, son. Well, you see. Son, uh, let's go in the room. Let me lock the door, and I'll quietly tell you the, uh, the forbidden <laughs> past. <laughs> So I have these things. They're called VHS tapes. Look, if they got rid of Benoit, I'm just saying this. This is up there with with that. That's you know the thing is, it's like you're you're laughing. We're laughing about it. I kind of did put the thought in my head. It's like, oh boy, what are they gonna do? Yeah, like again, we're 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 half. We're only half joking here. This was a terrible, awful situation. Um. That we're just not going to get into very much because there's just there's nothing really to say yeah, about it other no. than Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon being yeah, Vince McMahon. You know, I, I for years I proudly would say, oh man, you know, Vince McMahon, East Carolina graduate. Now it's like, oh, Vince McMahon. Yeah, he lives in Connecticut. You know, <laughs> I don't know if he's ever been to North Carolina, much less grew up here. Fuck. Oh, Damn it. He was one of he was one of like East Carolina. Damn right she did. We got Sandy. Anybody else? I think Linda McMahon went to East Carolina. <laughs> what about Vince? Who? 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 Who are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. Yeah, that is like... When somebody less controversial take... like Jesse Ventura, right? To actually take a somewhat serious moment, that, that I am actually <laughs> interested to see what they'll do because that... 
Um, yeah. I, I don't know how you scrub that from the archives, because as you somewhat jokingly said, that leaves you with three you know episodes of, of the show. Um, yeah. I don't know how you get rid of that. I don't know if you just put like a disclaimer on all of them now or or what, but that is, I don't which, envy yeah. them in that situation. Which honestly, they kind of do put disclaimers on all the old stuff anyway, just like, oh, you know, da, 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 da. But I mean, man, when you think about it, you know, obviously starting in the late 90s through really most of this century, mm-hmm. I mean, he he was a main performer. Before that, for a long time, he was like the main announcer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, you can't really tell the you obviously can't tell the story of the company without him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the dude basically built the thing Mm -hmm. (sighs) he just kind of turned out to be a shitty human being unfortunately yeah so again i don't i don't envy the people over there and and how they're going to deal with this situation that that sounds like a a nightmare (laughs) magnitudes less of a nightmare than what vince mcmahon did to people but still a nightmare yeah um so anyway that's enough. For the week. That's enough for the FFA podcast. Episode 492 is in the books. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, more Premier League action. Again, uh, there's two matches on Thursday we'll get to, and then the rest of the weekend slate. And of course, that big Liverpool Arsenal match on Sunday. Uh, and yeah, we are just about, I think, two weeks away uh, from uh, from European football coming back. So we'll be having that in a excuse me, in just a little bit. Um, as always, we want to thank our podcast providers, including Spotify for podcasters, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can catch us on social media as a collective on Twitter. We are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are? I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21. And I am at Edward Green. And thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, this was a fun one. We touched on a lot of different stuff, and we hope you enjoyed it. But before we get out of here, Wes, anything else you want to mention? Um, hmm. I mean, college football's over. Uh, so <laughs> what what used to be like the biggest day of the year would be coming up next week. Uh, that being National Signing Day. Um, but now, like everybody, pretty much signs in December. So I think there are two. I think there are two uncommitted top hundred players left. Okay. You know, man, God, it used to be, you know, first, first Wednesday in February, man, I'd be like glued to my shit all day because you didn't know what guys were going to do. There'd be just crazy shit happening. Now it's just like, oh, yeah, those are just the guys who didn't sign two months ago. So <sighs> anyway, anyway, um, yeah, I don't really have a ton to add at the moment. Um, it's uh, hey, by the time this comes out, it'll be February. True. February in about 20 minutes. So, um, Ed, we're, we're one month down in 2024, and, you know, that just gets us closer to the inevitable coming later this year. It's no Jurgen Klopp and good old election season. So. Oh, boy. Yeah. Can't Whatever. Play. That's uh, all of us. Yeah. At least, I, at least in the past I had Jurgen, so now I yeah. don't. It's until it's time for schnell und klapper. <laughs> that will save us all. That oh will my save God. Us. Uh, so for that, 
my Colin Crime, West Bradshaw. I'm Edward Green. Thanks so much for joining us again this week. Until next time, stay safe and enjoy the football. I guess I have to say goodnight to Everton because, you know, they're back to getting relegated. So, uh, <sighs> sorry, guys, but my love in for you is pretty much over. So, screw you. Mm-hmm.